0: So, so any here we are at midweek in the city, and I am so again. I'm really glad you're here. There there have been even more people uh, to enter the door on this balmy evening, uh, and I am just thrilled that that we're all here together, talking about a human being versus a human doing uh, tonight, and what does that even mean? We'll get into that in just a moment. But I am interested in knowing what you had to say, if anything, about, I know you did, about uh, these two questions. If you were God, if you were God, what would you say about you? And then the second question, uh, what's one message you've heard from church about yourself that nobody says out loud? Um, so, any any answers that you care to share with us from to any of these questions or things? talked about with one another at uh, at your tables. Anything, I, there? One thing that came up quite frequently is, you know, it's kind of unwritten, do the right thing, you follow these examples to the T, mm-hmm. you think you're going to go straight ahead. What yeah. people don't tell you, what you kind of have to learn in life is you're going to have to swerve left and right occasionally to mm. get around objects yeah. or obstacles. Yeah. Nobody really, I mean they might, if you know you have like a mentor or a really good teacher, uh, sometimes that stuff you have to learn. You know, why do you have this work? What's the purpose of you know, this work? You know, Ian, that's a great uh, that's a great observation. I think that a lot of times what we find in in the, the version of Christianity variously that that has grown up in. Um, the West or in our society, is um, akin to what we call a meritocracy. Anybody know what a meritocracy a meritocracy is? What, what am I talking about when I talk about a meritocracy? Yes, you, Andrea. Uh, you work hard and you'll get rewards. Work. Yeah, work hard, play by the rules, you get you make your way. Um, and and perhaps there is no more Single uh, text that lends itself to being interpreted through a meritocratic lens than the text of Proverbs, which says, "What train up a child in the way he should go, and you know when he's old he will not depart from it." And you know, I've, countless times I've heard families go, "What went wrong? You know, because we did everything right uh, that we knew to do. You know, and now they're the exception to the rule. The rule." You know, as if it's a rule, um, and so, yeah. Work hard, play by the rules, and you'll find the paradise that Ian Olberg is now enjoying. Uh, no, see, I mean, no, really, that's what—that's what, that's what we, I didn't get that. yeah, right, exactly. Me, me either. Me either. That passed me by. Um, yeah, and and really, we're not told that. There's going to be an ill wind blowing uh, often. We hint at it maybe at the margins, but we don't really... I mean, we don't talk a lot about suffering. We don't. Um, we have prayer requests, you know, and people go, well, we've got to help them get through this, you know, or whatever, and, and that's, that's good. It's great as far as it goes. Um, and, and actually indispensable. We need to pray for one another and help one another. Through these times of hardship, but suffering, uh, we don't really land on too much. So, what other comments uh, and thoughts from the table conversation? Anything else? Yes, yeah, sir. Okay. All right. And. I I would say uh, that is a pretty hopeful, uh, a pretty hopeful message. What happens to your identity is what I'm wondering too. If he sees Jesus, what what about you? Does he see you? Does he see you? To put it in Southern language, called bless his heart." I gotta believe he says that occasionally. No, I. You know. If, Sir, if God, I mean, how, you know, how he and, he decides what and then he literally, and then he literally blesses. that's good. Um, no, but does God say bless his heart so that he can then say anything he wants about that person? No, I'm kidding. That's what we say. Um, um, so, yeah, exactly. So say more about that. What, what, what does happen to you? If, if God sees Jesus, what, what about you? What happens to you? I actually struggled with that phrase a lot. Um, Say that again? I've struggled with that. You've, stu- you've struggled with you that. Me that. Okay. You know, when God looks at you, he sees you through Jesus. And I'm like, well then where am I? What what do I have? like if mm. you, if he just sees Jesus, then of uh, what value am I? Okay, that's pretty raw that's pretty raw. That's a raw question. Yeah. Other thoughts. Now, all this is fodder for this uh, our conversation to come. So, yes, sir. So Jesus is a God, and very Jesus? Mm-hmm. So I mean, like, that's what comes to my mind. Okay. Okay. All right. So we are all it was, it was like we're all in the in the family. Okay, all right. Oh, no, I, I'm, I'm... Yeah, okay, absolutely. You won't get in the argument there. Yeah, we become all that we have the that God gave us the potential to become, maybe. The perfect creation okay. perfect creation. He sees this uh, son yeah. and he sees us God sees us through uh, the eyes of Christ Because mm-hmm. And that's what he sees. I can't really imagine what, what he would say. you know we we kind of have a preview of that um what is what does jesus say what did jesus say when he first met simon you remember his follower his disciple simon what did jesus say anybody know Well, okay. After that, uh, actually, actually, he didn't say that to Simon necessarily. Oh, well, he he did, but he, he met Simon. What did he say? What did he say to Simon specifically? Who was Simon? Didn't he rename I He said, "I will call Your name is Peter." What does that mean? Cephas. Cephas, actually, Peter, rock, rock. The original, uh, don't, don't, don't tell Jen, don't tell Jen. Um, But really, he said, now, think about Simon. Did he fit that description at that point from what you know of him? Steady, strong, courageous. Was that was that Peter at that point? Steady, strong, courageous, and uh, thoughtful, or was he a little bit more erratic, outspoken, uh, and even 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 cowardly. Um, but but see, Jesus said it'd be it be like I mean think of the think of something that you desire to be with all your heart. Like, you know, I'm going to, if Jesus said, you know, I am going to, I'm going to call you genius, you know, and you go, what? Um, and, but I mean, that he saw, that's an example, maybe a small example, uh, maybe a big example, I don't know. Of who Jesus or who uh, Simon could be, and he he started calling that. Now, let's let's uh, any any other thought from the table conversation? Yeah, we're (laughs) terrible. Yeah, this is the this is the (laughs) this is not the Sunday school answer table. There, Uh, so you want to. Elaborate on your terribleness? Donnie said it first, but we kind of all agreed to, like, this thought that we looked at it and be like, they are. uh yeah. You they had all these opportunities to step to the right direction. Oh, my word. They had all this yeah. privilege to do this, that, and the other thing, and they, they missed it. Is... Yeah, is there anybody in this room who has not felt that? Um, I mean, you're you're actually reading my mail too. I mean, that's that is what is you know what's wrong with you? That person, you know, seems to have had not any problem learning that or being of that character. What about you? Do you even imagine that person acting like you? Act? Um, no. Uh, and so, you know, I mean, it, 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 the self-talk is, is really, I mean, if you put yourself in place of God and give a report on you uh, as if you were God looking at you, wow, it could really get ugly pretty fast. Um, you should be further along than you are. I don't know if you've ever had a job review, a job evaluation that that in which your boss, your direct report, whatever says that about you. You you really should be further along than you are, and I'm not getting I'm not understanding what, what's going on here. I mean, as I'm saying those words, I'm thinking that would just that would I mean Fallen doesn't even begin to describe how I feel. It would be I would be cratered, and um, so that is, and, and that's what we could imagine God saying sometimes about us. Right? What's wrong with you? I died for you, and and I grew up in a in an era in which a lot of times <laughs> youth. Speakers, you know youth ministers and so forth would say, um, "How can you look at that how can you look Jesus in the eye after all he's done for you and go and follow the crowd? How can you do that? Wow, I mean, I thought nothing of it except it sounded pretty shameful uh but but nobody said way to go on the uh shaming of young people there." Uh, nobody said that. Everybody went along with that. How could I? You felt terrible. Um, but anyway, that's that's a you know story from my misspent youth. But anyway, we we are let's let's forge ahead here into this depravity. anybody know what that word is? Depravity. Depravity. Um, what does it mean? You are depraved. What does that mean? Totally depraved. Um, some of you Calvinists here, maybe you can help us with the tea, with the tea of tulip. Okay. Um, depravity, depravity is that state of being completely corrupt, completely craven in every thought. Every nook and cranny has become corroded, filthy, disgusting, repulsive. Slug. In other words, government. You are government. Uh, somebody said slug. Yeah, a slug, you know, imagine a slug. A slug is way better off than you are if you're depraved. I mean, that's... um you. What's, I'm sorry. Dead, to your sins. dead in your sins, or dead to your sins? Okay. Yeah, you're just now. Think about think about the word depravity, and depravity uh, is is one of those interesting words because I think John Mayer has a song about it. I think who? John Mayer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Not gravity, depravity. Um, the gravity, the, the gravity of depravity. Yes. Um. Anyway, um. So depravity is the starting point. Think, think about this. Um. I mean, you you might dispute this, but I just just hear me out here. Depravity is the starting point for all New Year's resolutions. Okay. I am disgusting. <laughs> and I need to turn this around, people. Um, and here is, here is. No, I, you know what? I, I'm, not, I'm not a complete uh, disbeliever in uh, New Year's resolutions. But I, the way that, I, I'm using it really as a vehicle to talk about uh, this. Stuff. So I'm picking on New Year's resolutions right now. Um, I almost said New Year's Eve resolutions. That, 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 uh, that's a different story. Okay. Now here is that leads to gravity. I know. I don't know. Um, so okay. Boing. Uh, okay. Here is here's the cycle. Okay. You ready for the cycle? You 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 confirm. You confirm your depravity. I am depraved. You declare that your depravity requires action. I am going to do something about this depravity. So you resolve to overcome your depravity. I will, starting January 1, enter into a new way of living in some area. And then you try really hard, and then you fail. Okay. And then, and then you fail, and then you confirm your depravity. I am depraved, and then you declare that your depravity requires action, and then you resolve to overcome your depravity, and you try really hard and fail, and then you confirm depravity. It just it just rolls on. Now it has diminishing returns. After a while, you can become completely discouraged, and um, and it's harder then to to roll on from that um so right now at tables share if you will uh, share resolutions that you have made or resolutions that you think would be a good idea okay so do that do that for the next few moments if you will Uh, come on back. Come on in. Sit on down and get, yeah, get back to where you once belonged. Your home for smooth jazz. Okay. Um. So. Resolution, 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 and uh, whatever. Anyway, yeah, okay, very good. All right, um, I want to read you a, a, for many of you, what is a very familiar passage of Scripture. The Pharisees heard that Jesus was um, gaining and baptizing more disciples than John, although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized his disciples. When the Lord learned of this, he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now, he had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You're a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to come coming here to draw water. He told her, Go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you're a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus declared, Believe me, woman, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming, and has now come, when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I who speak to you am he. Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want, or why are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jewel up the jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. He said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, could someone have brought him food? My food, Jesus says, is to do do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Do you not say four months and then the harvest? I say, you open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now the reaper draws his wages and now he harvests the crop for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them and he stayed two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, we no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. Um, It's quite an account, and I want to ask you at this point, have any of you, or, or how have you, how have you heard this exchange between Jesus and the woman taught or preached or used? How have you heard it taught, preached, or used uh, in your lifetime? you want to just talk about that just a minute? And I don't want to blow up how you've heard it taught or preached or used. I just, I'm interested to know how that sits with your ears based on how you've heard it taught or preached or used in school or sermons or whatever. I wonder if it's Mr. Mark. I just watched a clip on that today. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so you've, you've heard, you're wondering right now if there's been a little bit of a shift from its original setting and what it originally conveyed to the hearers about the gospel. So any other thoughts about that? Yeah. Come <laughs> yeah. I mean, as you are because he knows anyway, so, you know, but not in the. Come you are because he loves you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. Well, and along with that, I, I was always confused, and I've become more and more confused as to why this woman was running into the town telling everyone to come meet Jesus when the way I was taught this story was, the act. you didn't want to mess up, but I know anyway. Okay. <clears throat> And I was like, why would you tell someone about this? Have you... Like, right. Have you... Let me ask you this. And and I'm just talking with you right now. Just um, for the sake of conversation. Have, have you ever met somebody? Maybe a... a just say you've met a, a couple. Or, a, or, a, or just a person. That, that woman that you meet talks about her significant other and you can pretty well tell that she that they're not married you, you know uh, just by their are there, what I'm asking you is how can you pick up on social cues that tell the degree of relationship between two people can you Or, or sometimes but Maybe, is it 60-40? Is it, I mean, it, it, you have a pretty good sense of picking up on those social cues. You go, uh, if I were betting, I'd have to say they're pretty much doing it, you know, or or they're not, or they're, or, or they're not married or, or whatever. No, no, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't say that for comedic effect. I just, I'm really, yeah, No. know, you know what I mean, though? <laughs> uh, collecting stamps. Uh, it's a lost art. Uh, okay. Okay. If you, no. Please. Honestly, I, uh my point is that I I we don't have a room full of Jesus in here okay wow. I know I know what I'm saying is if she's gonna if she's gonna leave water jar I mean is she gonna go this guy picked up on social cues I mean really um, or or was it something more than that and, and really if you look at this and I, I just want to pre- to, to put out here to you to posit this uh, possibility that Jesus said to her. Uh, I often I have often read this as, "Yeah, uh, you don't have a husband, all right. In fact, you're shacking up with the with the guy right now, and you know you've had five of those, You've gone through five of them. Just sort of a a, a laundry list of what she's done wrong, like." trying to play yourself off as this, you know, innocent person and yet we all know that you've been around the block a few times. Um, This is, rather than that, what if Jesus is actually commiserating with her? What what if he goes, (sighs) it's hard to talk to a man sitting here, isn't it? Because you haven't been treated too well. in a series of really bad endings. And now you are about to have your heart broken again, aren't you? This guy is probably not going to be around too long. You're sensing the signs, aren't you? Now, that is something that is that that is indicative of somebody who's sitting with you, not sitting across from you, sitting with you, which is to say, it is Emmanuel, God, with you, and some, For a Samaritan woman to be in conversation of that kind with somebody who is light years from her social standing and ethnicity, according to society, would be disconcerting, to say the least. And almost too much. And she meanders off into, you really are like reading my mind and I don't know what to do with this. And She sort of meanders off into other religious questions. Um, and Jesus follows her there. He doesn't go, no, let's, let's stick with how you've been hurt. He just he goes with. Her. And she says, "What about our religion?" You know, and he goes, "Well, let's." You know, he just follows her there. He's with her. He's not going. to Stay on track. Stay on target. You know, he's not doing oh. that. He's not like pulling it back to. Well, let's. No, wait a minute. You're straying from the Roman road, which hasn't been written yet. Uh, so let's get, back, let's get back on this artificial conversation that I've set up for you. He just goes with her. This is the man that she goes to tell people about. Notice that Jesus' focus is not on her depravity. Jesus is God with you. Um, I think it's kind of miraculous to be able to sit with someone and have a conversation and point out all those things and have that kind of positive result. He yeah. knew how to do it. He wrote the book on it, quite literally. <laughs> um, and he will teach us to do that. That's the life he will teach us. Um, with you, manual, means that God will not be engaged in passive aggressive behavior. Not say, I love you so much, you little depraved person. Bless your heart. Bless your heart. Because <laughs> then he really will, as Jessica said. <laughs> he really will. Um, or, you know, I haven't seen you cry over your sin lately. I, what's a savior to do? You know, I mean, um, it's, 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 he's not. He's not, like, <laughs> passive-aggressive. But we, 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 t- we tend sometimes to, to, to project that onto him, you know? So the, let's talk just a minute about, about the tea in tulip, uh, total depravity. Uh, when, when God does this, he's not saying take a break. Uh, total depravity. Um, <laughs> um, let's talk about that just a minute. The late, the late Dallas Willard said, he said, he was in a conversation about depravity once. The question to him was, do you believe in total depravity? Dallas Willard said, you believe in sufficient depravity? I said, What's that? And he goes, I believe that every human being is sufficiently depraved that when we get to heaven no one will be will be able to say, I merited this. Okay? So um, it sort of turns that on its ear a little bit as far as using it as a cudgel, as a weapon, as a, a hammer to beat everybody over the head with. Um, and and here's and here is again Dallas Willard on, on hell, okay? Uh, this is a little bit of a side note, but he, he says that hell simply is the best God can do for some people. I mean, think about it. Um, it really is uh, God's invitation and it really is our uh, stepping towards or away from that Savior, okay. And so, um, I want us to to think just a minute about connecting it back to the the uh, resolution deal. Your ability to do or not do, or your follow through. Is often the basis on which you view yourself. I have failed. That's what I am a person who fails. Um, I am, you know, maybe if I just mention that enough, I'll get on God's good side. You know, I know I've failed. Just harp on the depravity note there. I, I, can, I can gain some kind of self-awareness that God will value. You know, that person is hell-bound but mighty self-aware. Uh, you know, so maybe, you know, what do you think, Gabriel? Self-aware, really self-aware. Clarence. I'm thinking of a... Of a... Punch. Uh, but, but I... I, uh, We sell drinks to people who wants to get drunk! Now... Uh, yeah. Sorry. Why? You just said that. Um... You think Nick... You think there was a place in God's heart for Nick? Uh... The bartender... Um... Uh, Okay, I don't know why that little off road happened, sorry. but Dick. Um, sorry. Rum punch <laughs> is gonna sound. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Rum. Rum. <laughs> Rum punch is gonna sound pretty good come tomorrow. The uh, cold weather. Um, Not your recommendation. Right? No, stop. Um, that will be stricken from the record. <laughs> Post-production here at your home for smooth jazz. Uh, okay. Anyway, let's let's drive the truck back up on the road. Uh, all right. Uh, and 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 this woman at the well. So many resolutions. I am never gonna fall for that again. Number six, you know. Um, And Jesus just says, it's hard for you, isn't it? Paul, on the road to Damascus, how many of you have, you know, shining light, Paul is blinded, you know, and he goes, who are you, Lord? And Jesus goes, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you're persecuting. And then he says, you remember what he says after that? It's hard for you to kick against the cattle prods. Uh, the King James Version says it's hard for you to kick against the pricks, but I'm not gonna say that. Uh, or it's hard for you to kick against the goads. It's the cattle, it's a cattle prod, basically. A sharpened stick. It makes that sense too. Um, so, so this is this is Jesus with Paul, and he says, I, "I've always read that as, you know, you're spinning your wheels, Paul. I'm I'm Jesus. I'm invincible, and you can't you can't beat me. But I think what Jesus rather is saying is, it's so." It's really hard. Jesus sitting with Paul in his blindness, in his confusion. He was climbing a ladder on a different wall. And, I mean, he saw Stephen die and it upended his world. And Jesus came in right after that and he was I mean Paul was Paul's future as he had imagined, it was toast because of a savior that drew near and said, It's it's really hard for you. You're having such a hard time reconciling it all. Um in prayer. It is hard to be quiet. huh? Yeah, it is. Because your mind is running. There's a group uh, <clears throat> record label. It's well known in the jazz world called... Uh, well, now I can't think of the name of it. Uh, <laughs> EC, uh, ECM, I think. Um, anyway, it's uh, yeah ECM, uh, and it started by it's a, started in Germany, but um, it's really world renowned for some jazz artists. And um, this is their motto. It came out of a review, a review in the early '70s of a jazz record, and the reviewer said that this record is is the most beautiful sound next to silence. And um, they just adopted that as their motto. What a beautiful motto. Um, There is a, a dimension of prayer in which silence will allow your heart to hear God speak to you. And when he does, it will be the voice of one sitting with you. The hardest thing to hear from God, I'm going to say this, maybe counterintuitive, the hardest thing to hear from God is not how sinful you are, but how beloved you are. We almost can't take that. The angel just got his wings on. Uh um, um, okay, I'm driving the truck back up on the road. Sorry. Um Paul tells us in Romans two it's your kindness. Kindness that leads to repentance. There is definitely a call to repentance. There is definitely sin. But Jesus sits with us. He says, it's hard for you. If you hear that you're sinful only, and you don't hear that you're beloved, then you don't have a vision of the future. There's no path to holiness. Some people will say that the, your depraved message is the only thing that stands between you and hell. If you don't hear that, I'm going to tip right on over into molten lava reservoir. That's not true. The message itself, if it's only that, is a product of hell because it coerces you to prove to prove that you've received God's favor. And so you get busy and you resolve and you try. And it turns into a meritocracy. But Ephesians 2:10 tells us that God already proudly displays us. He said He created us in Christ Jesus as His handiwork. Handiwork. We're on the mantle. Displayed. You. You are beloved of God. This is the gospel. No one else will tell you this but Jesus Christ. Whatever facsimile uh, facsimile of this the world tells you is self-evidently false. The world says you have no need of anybody but you. That's a facsimile. And see, it's not even true. The world doesn't even mean it. It's self-evidently false because... All you have to do is look at social media and before that, any any other kind of social endeavor and you can see that everybody says you don't measure up. Oh, but I thought I was all I needed. Well, it turns out not to be true. Everybody else is going to tell you that you need this or that. After all, only Christ will teach you That you are a beloved human being. The world says you're a human doing. He says you're a human being, and you're beloved. Um, If you can be quiet in prayer if you can still your mind even for five seconds it's possible you will begin to hear that you are the beloved of God Um, I knew a I knew a woman one time that was having a very difficult time with God because she she thought that God was so disappointed with her. And boy have I been there. I'll probably be there again tomorrow. I mean so we were talking and, and she she told me, she began to talk about this was years ago, she began to talk about um, her father. And and the more she talked about her father, the more I thought, wait, is she talking about what God thinks about her or her father? Because it was like the same thing that she was saying about God. And she was saying, all my life, you know, He just... He just scolded me. All my life. And what ended up happening was that she she began to tell God in her prayers, she, she began to say whenever she would hear these scolding voices, she she, she began to say, um, Dad, I hear you and I thank you for raising me and being my dad but I need you to step away so that I can hear God. Please. And she began to clear a path there. Um, You could do that. Whatever voices you're hearing that don't sound like Jesus sitting with you at a well, you can say, I hear you, whoever you are would you please step aside because I need to hear Christ we talked a little bit about hell and depravity and I would encourage you I've got a couple of reading recommendations for you I would encourage you to pick up a copy of C.S. Lewis's The Great Divorce really beautiful tender then there's a uh, a man by the name of Henry Mallet and uh, he's written many little books he was a dear soul um, life of the beloved I can't recommend this highly enough Life of the Beloved. Henry, Nowen. Um, there they are. there. Um, we'll bring this to an end. And if you would just pray for one another around tables before you leave, we'll call it a night. Thanks, everybody.